0: Thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast. My name is Nick Smith and I'm part of the leadership team of Champions Church Skipton. I hope and pray you will enjoy, be inspired and challenged as you hear what God has to say to you today. Great. Well, as we've said, this is new to us. I want to thank you for uh, those watching it live. We've got uh, 25, 30 people watching it live right now, which is fantastic. Thank you so much for supporting us and making sure on your, um, on your Sunday morning, you are still connecting us to church and you're still uh, spending time with God. This is a first. I've preached to some small congregations before, uh, here and other places, but I've never preached to a camera and Michael and JJ and I'm not gonna count Michael and JJ either so this is the first first for me it's incredible what you can do with modern technology if you're watching this well done if you find it later when you finally work out how to do it well done you'll know for next time for this for us this was a journey uh, and if the quality has not been awesome well we will get there we know For the worship to really come across, we need a proper um, webcam with a good microphone on it. We're going to look at that for future weeks. But you knew what we were playing, and you were singing as well. So thank you very much for being with us. I'm sure, uh, I I heard Michael say this just earlier, but try in every way to engage with it. We're going to try and have life groups uh, online. We're going to try uh, and do men's groups and women's groups and we're going to keep the online content coming to allow you to engage with each other and to engage with us as a church. Uh, Michael's already mentioned you can get on Zoom, it's free. That way you can see loads of people and there's been some great stuff online with lots of faces on a screen as people connect uh, through this amazing digital world we live in, even at times of isolation. Do everything you can. stay connected remember we're here pick up the phone uh, drop us a zoom call whatever it might be uh, and we can all get together okay and i will just say if you do need help i'm not the best techie in the world but if you do need help please speak to myself speak to jj possibly to michael JJ is the techie in that relationship speak to somebody else uh, that could help you okay have you ever been told to be happy When you really don't feel like it. When someone's just said, oh, just pull yourself together, be happy. And actually inside, you're kind of feeling, I don't want to be, it's the last thing I want. The last thing you want is someone skipping about, looking all smiley and telling you to cheer up. On the flip side, have you met people who just always seem to be down? Have you met people uh, that seem they're up against the world all the time? They seem to see the downside of everything. People that whatever is going on just seem to be miserable. You know, many of you will know that I used to work uh, for HSBC, we used to work for the, in the bank. And we used to call those people mood hoovers. They would suck the joy out of every uh, situation. And I'm going to put my hand up right now. I've been told at home that sometimes I can be a little bit negative. Maybe I'm not always seeing the bright side. You know, there's a phrase going on right now. It's going around right now. Everywhere you are, whether you're on TV, on the internet, there's a phrase you will hear, and that is, we are living in unprecedented times. Now, I must admit, I don't particularly like the phrase. See, it's not really the first time we've experienced a massive global disaster. Though, I will say, it's definitely the first time Uh, In my lifetime, in in the modern era, that the world has seen this kind of pandemic, this kind of problem. We are living in unprecedented times. The last couple of weeks have become a blur of news. Everyday stories coming uh, coming in from around the world. Increasing measures put in place to increase our isolation, stop the prevention of the disease. Measures, I'd like to reiterate, are really important. And we should, where possible, listen to them and follow it. But as much as we understand why, it can be pretty overwhelming. It can cause fear. It can cause anxiety just in the measures themselves. I don't know about you, but from Monday, I'm working from home with my wife who's working from home. And we're homeschooling our children. Go figure that one out. There is a lot going on? When I said to Michael a few weeks ago, it seems to always happen to me, I say to Michael, yeah, I will preach that weekend. I said I would preach and I thought, well, it's Mother's Sunday. I will do something that's a bit related to, uh, to Mother's Day. I might just pause there. I know my mum is trying to get online. If you are, thank you mum, you're ace. And if you haven't received the card, it's probably just lost in the post. I'm sure I posted it in plenty of time. Talk about using your position to get a Mother's Day message across. But then all this started to kick off. The news started to ramp up over the last couple of weeks. Special measures started to roll out. And what struck me was the need for community. Social isolation, already a massive problem in the UK, is going to go through the roof. People could spend days without contact from others. Poor mental health will spike Basic needs will go unmet. Now, even in thinking about that, that wasn't God's plan for my message this morning. But I wanted to say that is something I'm really passionate about. How we can break down the darkness of social uh, social isolation today. And pray that as the church in Skipton, as Champions Church is part of the church in Skipton, we can bring God's love into the lives and to the homes of those that need it the most. What can we be doing? Let's pray for what we can do practically, what we can do emotionally for those around us. The technology is great, we can talk to people. But what about the people that need food, that need uh, basic needs? They can't get out and get themselves. What can we be doing as the church to help those around us? But as always, when I begin to think and prepare about what I'm going to preach, I spend time praying. I'm reading the Bible and asking God what do you think I should be saying this week? At the same time this year, maybe a bit of last year, I've been trying to read through all of the books of the New Testament and on Wednesday morning I opened my bookmark to Philippians 4 and God said to me this, this is what you're going to talk about on Sunday. So I'm going to turn to Philippians 4. Now we haven't got You haven't got the opportunity to grab a Bible when you walk through the door this morning, but I'm hoping you might have one at home. If not, I will read it to you as clearly as I can. I'm going to read you Philippians 4. I'm going to read you the whole chapter because it's a good one. Therefore, my brothers, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I plead with you, dear, and I plead with Sintesh to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Read that again. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I'm going to carry on. I rejoice greatly in the Lord, that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out, From Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. I have received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are fragrant offering and acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God... ...will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Fantastic. Verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. I googled the meaning of rejoice. You know me when I preach. Google is my friend. I googled the meaning of rejoice. And and it means to feel or show great delight or joy. No pressure. We are told to feel or show great delight or joy in the Lord always. Now you don't need to google what always means. I don't know about you, but off the bat, that feels like a challenge. Right now, that feels especially hard. We live in uncertain times. People are worried about health, livelihood, loneliness and among many other things. And Paul says in his beautiful letter to the Philippines, rejoice. See, Philippines was essentially a thank you letter. The church there had been kind to Paul and sent him gifts when he needed them. But it was a difficult time for them as well. Paul talks in the verses before this chapter starts about those that are enemies of the cross. The church. The church was being persecuted. In fact, this chapter starts with the encouragement to stand firm in the Lord. I'd like to add, if you know anything about Paul, he lived through tough times. He knew tough times he knew persecution himself if you don't know what that means that is hostility hostility and threats towards him because of his beliefs he was stoned and left for dead in acts 14 you can read about that he knew about life-threatening danger he was shipwrecked off cyprus he knew about imprisonment in fact he was imprisoned at least two or three times in his trips Paul knew tough and scary times. Yet he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. You know what? I love the Bible. I love the fact the Bible is good. The Bible is true. And when it puts out something that sounds really, really hard, it tends to follow it with some of the hows to do get to get there. It tends to talk to us quite practically on where we need to be, what we need to do to get to that place. So my first point is this: Do not be anxious. That's easy to say, isn't it? The definition of anx- anxious, excuse me, the definition of anxious is feeling or showing worry, nervousness or unease about something with an uncertain outcome. Does that feel familiar to anyone right now? We live in a world where people are worried. People are reacting out of worry. People are nervous. People feel uncertainty. Anxiety is on the rise. But as you can see from this passage, it was then too. They were living in anxious times. They were persecuted and lived in fear for their lives. And Paul said to them, stand firm in the Lord. Stand firm in the Lord. See, we are called to be different. We are called to be light where there is darkness. And right now, for many, it feels pretty dark. Verse 4 says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say again, rejoice. Then it goes on. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is how. The Lord is near. In this thing right now, whatever we are going through right now, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. This is one of those amazing verses where you know God's heart for you and for me. We do not serve a distant being. We follow an amazing creator God who knows you deeply and wants a relationship with you and with me. It says in Psalm 139 verse 13, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. God knows us inside and out. It says in Luke 12, indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. The God that created you and loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. That you can have eternal relationship with him. We are told that same God here in this passage. That we are to come to that same God with the detail in every situation, the big and the small, because he is near to us. Not the other way around. God is near to us. So back in Philippians 4, verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Peace. I'm going to say Is the opposite of anxiety. If you Google peace, the definition of peace literally is defined as freedom from disturbance. It's tranquility. In turning our worries and anxiety to God, in bringing the big and the small to him, God will bring his peace to us. It says in Luke 12, verse 15, a verse I've been quoted at, quoted to, Someone's quoted that at me, that way round. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Amazing words. A peace that transcends understanding. I love this. In this difficult time, we often get so caught up in why. We want to know why this is happening. We strive to understand what's gone wrong and we worry about the reasons. God says, I give you peace that transcends. That is, it goes beyond the limits of our understanding. We don't have to understand. God will give us peace. Peace. A peace of someone who commits all their cares and worries to God is free from anxiety. He goes on to say that peace will guard our hearts and minds. God will protect us from anxiety and worry if we give all our concerns to him. How amazing a word that is right now for today. When you look at these verses again, through that lens, it makes more sense. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near show great joy because right now in times of trouble and great uncertainty, the Lord is near. Let your gentleness, your peace be evident to all because the Lord is near. And do you know what our friends, our family, those on our streets, in our communities, need to see some gentleness and peace right now. Excuse me They need to know a loving God that cares for them and wants to bring peace to them. I say again, we are called to be light in the dark places, in the way we react and the things we do in the coming weeks and months. We will either bring light or I'm going to say it, we will either bring light or we will blend into the dark. Being gentleness and peace when all around are anxious brings God to those that need it the most. My second point is this. Think on what is good. It says in verse 8, and I'm going to say actually, I think these verses are key, and they talk into our own attitude right now. The first part is God saying, Don't be anxious, bring it to me, I'll bring you peace. The second part is our own attitude. Verse 8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Firstly, I want to say we have a choice. Now, have you ever been sat there? Maybe you're doing a really important piece of work. Or maybe you're sat in a meeting, maybe you're trying to read a book or even just sat there with a friend talking and suddenly your brain decides to take you on a journey into the wonderful side streets of your thoughts. You go to some strange places, you can be mid project, you can even have just asked a friend a question and you're suddenly reminded of a YouTube clip you watched three months ago a holiday you once went on, or even what you ate for dinner last night. Sometimes you can even come round mid-sentence and there's a bit of panic, isn't there? Because we don't know what has just gone on. I was talking to Michael earlier. Michael is right now, almost as we speak, he's not right now, he's listening to this message. But right now, Michael is writing his dissertation for his Masters. I bet if we ask Michael, he could recount many, many times when his brain has decided to help him out with his dissertation by taking him on a weird train of thought somewhere completely different. See, if we're left to our own devices, our thoughts go to the random, the inane, the unhelpful and sometimes even the unhealthy. What are the things we spend our time thinking about? This is one of those times when you might benefit from this being streamed and you're not sat in front of me, so I can't ask you any questions. In these great verses, Paul is asking us to be intentional about our thoughts. Not only that, to be intentional in thinking about good stuff, dwell on the good stuff. To proactively think about stuff that is positive and will enhance who we are. In fact, it tells in verse 9 that the God of peace will be with us. Paul puts out quite a list. He tells us to think about things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent or praiseworthy. Think about that stuff. It makes sense, doesn't it? If we spend our time thinking about what is true and pure, then we will in ourselves be more positive. We'll bring more of that to other people. Paul challenged them in verse 9. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. He says, spend your time thinking about what is pure and true. Think things that are good and worthy of praise. To look at the way he lived his life, what he was taught and the example he set. But not just to look at it, not just to think about it, practice it. If you want to be someone who shows great joy and whose gentleness is evident to all, you need to practice. Practice spending time thinking of pure and noble things, spending time in God's word is a good place to start. Don't just read it or listen to it, think about it, be intentional, look for the good stuff to fill your thoughts. If you want to be more like Jesus, practice what you've heard and learnt. If you want to bring joy and peace, practice what you have learnt. Forgive those who've wronged you. Feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit the prisoners. Share the amazing news of Jesus to your friends, your community, your family. Practice what you've heard. If you give your concerns and worries to God, it says that peace will guard your mind. If you are intentional about what you think and focus on what is true and right, if you practice what you've learned, it says that the God of peace will go, will be with you. It's a slight change, but it says so much more. God will bring bring peace to your mind right now. God will will bring peace with you where you go. I'm going to say that again. God will bring, bring peace to your mind. I can't say it. God will bring peace to your mind. God will bring peace with you where you go. Paul says in verse four, I'm going to say it again, rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness to be evident to all. The Lord is near. In times of great uncertainty, just like this one, we are called to be a bringer of peace, of gentleness, to let people know the truth that the Lord is near. Finally, and briefly, you'll be happy to know. Learn to be content. Uncover the secret. We need to uncover the secret of how to be content. Remember, this was a thank you letter to the Philippines for the aid they'd given Paul. Verse 10 says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need. I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. See, Paul, if you know your your biblical history, he was a Roman citizen. He enjoyed a place of of prestige, of position, he would have known plenty. But Paul also spent, when he turned his back on all of that, when he gave his life to follow Jesus, Paul spent much of his life on the road, moving from community to community. He's known times when he did not have enough to get by, but he is clear in this verses, he's not asking for help. He wants to share an important final lesson. The secret of being content. He says in verse 12, the second half of verse 12. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Now, I want to say, Paul had to learn that. He says, I learned that secret. I'm going to put it to you. He learned that secret by stepping out into situations where he had to trust in God, where he didn't know if he would have food, money or shelter. But in doing so, he learned that incredible truth. I could do all things through him who gives me strength. I want to say this to you, whatever is going on in your life right now, in your community or in the world around us, we need to remember where our strength comes from. Put your concerns on him. Trust in the peace that God provides. This is the secret to Paul's contentment. To his strength, to the reason he can rejoice in the Lord always. Whatever our need or the challenge ahead of us, we can do all things through faith in Christ. God, where our strength comes from. I'm going to summarise. Whatever is going on in our life, we are called to rejoice in the Lord always. God calls us to give our worry to him, the big and the small. If we give all our concerns, anxiety and worry, God will give us a peace that guards our mind. Our joy and gentleness should be seen by those around us in doing so, bring hope and God's love to other people. We have a choice in what we think about at this time. We are called to put what is right into practice. If we're not intentional and choose what we think about, the things we do choose will influence our life. In doing so, the God of peace is with us and goes with us where we go into other people's lives. We need to learn the secret of being content. Step out and trust in God. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So I'll say it one last time. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. Your father, I want to thank you. Thank you that we can meet like this wherever we are right now. Thank you that we can spend time in your presence. We can hear your voice. We can listen to your word. Father, I pray whatever is going on right now, whatever people are experiencing, they will know Your peace in their mind. Still their anxiety. I pray people bring their concerns to you. Father I pray. That as a church. We can be bringers of peace. Into our community. That people will see our gentleness. As we go out. And help those around us Father. Thank you for the truth. That whatever we are facing. We can be content. Because we can do all things. Through Christ. Who strengthens us. Amen.